Well, um, it's a new day in America. How, how are you all feeling? As, uh, we defeated you know, racism. It feels great. <laughs> yeah. No more rape. No more kids in cages. Um, all of us got our checks, which has been really nice. Yeah, all two thousand dollars. Just kidding. We have no money. No money, money please. please. <laughs> oh God. It's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous that these checks haven't gone out. Yeah. Like, what What more needs to be done? I don't even know. Well, they got to print the money first. That, 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 <laughs> that. <laughs> they got to stuff it in envelopes, you know. It's, it's a logistical nightmare. So are we just, like, in a functional MMT period right now with this, like, you know, the the combination of within, like a few years having a massive tax giveaway that's permanent to the ruling class and then having a devastating pandemic, you know, economic shutdown where material economy recedes by like 30%, but stocks go through the roof and like every country on earth is just like printing money and giving it to their, you know, uh, the citizens that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like pretty much what's happened. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, uh, Chris uh, mentioned MMT. I, that's a modern monetary theory, which is essentially is, you know, like um, a, a bunch of stoner economists came up with the idea that like <laughs> m- money is just what we say it is. <laughs> it was just like, you know, what like, if the money I see isn't the, isn't the money you see? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, like, I, I like it. I think it's a cool idea, but it, um, and it, um, and I, and I especially like, you know, the, the sorts of things it, that sort of thinking enables where it's essentially like um the 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 much more reasonable uh uh description is that uh, essentially um taxing isn't where governments get their money from they just make it and they just they say through sheer force of like their their monopoly on violence and 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 uh, the ability to say what currency can be used as taxes um to just like make value and money and uh and uh taxes aren't a way to increase revenue to the government it is a uh lever on inflation so you just uh um if you if there's too much supply of money out there and inflation is going up you raise taxes and it draws in uh money out of circulation and 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 you keep inflation uh, in check and th- and if you just think of taxes and money as that then uh stuff like paying for universal health care um is very easy to do because it's it's uh it, you all that you really have to care about is whether or not it impacts inflation that's really all that matters and so and, and it's it, it, kind of like correct me if i'm wrong david but it sounds kind of like early coinage that you would just like issue coinage and create a tax that can only be paid with the coinage and then that actually becomes something that you can use to like uh allow for troop movements through areas so now you have these coins that have to be you know that have to be traded is that like yeah kind of I, I don't know you read debt like i, I, I <laughs> it's that's actually like my favorite part of debt is where he describes the uh uh you know like how do you get uh you know, we, now now that we we all live in nation states, it, it it's really easy to imagine. You know, like, well, you live in a country, and that country has a currency, and you spend things, you spend money in that currency. Unless you're in Europe, in which case you use the uh, the Nazi money 
uh, the the euro, right? And, um, but, um, <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> We're starting Ooh. off with a lot of spicy Ooh. takes today. <laughs> and, and and uh, um, uh, and, and what he says is like, well, you know, like how do you get like, uh, you know, like a Roman, some village uh, conquered by the Romans to like consider themselves part of the Roman Empire? Is you you march in there and you go, this is a nice village you got here. It would be a shame if it got pillaged, and it's like. Uh, so what we're going to do is um, uh, we're going to uh, take, you know, like all the rooms at the inn and all your bread and all this stuff. And we're but we're going to pay you and we're going to pay you in these gold coins stamped with the head of someone you've never met before called Caesar. And like if you uh, and, and you should probably start trading these because we're going to come back in a year uh, and want them back. Uh, and, it, and it's called a tax. And you can only pay it in these gold coins with uh, the head of uh, this guy you never met on it. And, uh, and, if, and you should probably do it throughout the year, because when we come back, you know, there isn't going to be enough of these for all of you to pay your taxes. So mm. you're going to have to do more. You're going to have to, whatever you use now as currency, start, you know, create whatever you want to do. Create some sort of uh, conversion into these things and start trading with all these other people that we just did this to. And that's how you you establish a an empire that has trade in it and the, and also a single currency is by essentially threatening, uh, you know, using a, make it creating a protection racket. Right. Or yeah. So like, it's yeah. like you walk into the club and you say. I'm going to make it rain in here. You guys get to choose whether it's uh, in gold or fire and brimstone. Yes, exactly. So the mob really did originate in Italy. Yeah. Like that goes back <laughs> much, much farther than I realized. You know, it's also, oh, it, it, uh, th- this was um, done in almost all colonial conquest. Um, yeah. So this was done by the Japanese in uh, Korea, which uh, was, you know, very well illustrated in the um, uh, mini series. Um, Mr. Sunshine, uh, if anybody has Netflix, I highly recommend that show. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's been done forever, like all over the place. Yeah. And there was, um, in fact, uh, what was the, um, is a, he's, a, he's just Indica on, on Twitter. We, we've uh, all been sort of following his work, but, uh, uh, lately, but he's got, um, he had a tweet a while ago saying about how, you know, colonialism is capitalism, right? Like the two are, you can't take the two apart. And that's not, you know, he didn't invent that idea, but it, it does um, make a lot of sense that, right, in this context, that, you mm-hmm. know, if you go, uh, capital always needs a new frontier of, of investment and uh, um, uh, raping of resources and, and labor, right? And so you, uh, um, and one way that you practically do that is by, uh, telling people now you need to use the currency that i use so uh, so you know in, in conclusion uh um uh you don't there's actually no law that says you can't speed on federal highways uh in the same way that fiat currencies are <laughs> I don't know, we just we just start sounding like a like a uh uh those uh those people there's... that 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 don't that say that uh you're you were traveling and you yeah. can't <laughs> There's fringe on that flag. Citizens. Sovereign citizens. Yeah, we're. we're sa- <sighs> I just want the just a note for the listener. We spend about an hour before every show, like creating an outline and discussing <laughs> topics that we're gonna cover, and sharing articles and talking through everything and blah blah blah. <clears throat> yeah. And then somehow, fucking 
10 minutes into the episode and we're talking about Roman coinage <laughs> and fiat currencies, none of which is on our list. So just a little fun, just a little fun peek yeah. into the making of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, note <laughs> sorry, one, Brittany. Uh, uh, Hunt's Point Produce <laughs> oh, it's Market. it's great. <laughs> I love it. I love the organic nature of it. Um, yeah. Let's talk about this, uh, this Hunt's Point uh, Market Strike. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean. Yeah, you know, a- AOC went Teamsters, back on go her... Teamsters. Yeah, go Teamsters. Yeah, Jimmy uh, yes. Jimmy Hoffa, we avenge thee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, AOC was back on her her uh, original good bullshit, right? Um, skipping inauguration yeah. completely and um, and going to someplace a lot more fun, a picket line. Listen. Uh, and this time in, in, uh, in the Bronx at a- the Hunts Point Produce Market. AOC is not above emotional labor. And, you know, it, she should have been there. You know, she should have been dressed up for the occasion. She should have oh, been God. enthusiastically singing along to John Legend. You know, like, it's pretty bullshit uh, if you ask me. Yeah. A little sus. The Bernie sexism thing is really, like, I'm done. I'm done with these people. Yeah. I'm, I'm 1,001% done with these motherfuckers. Uh, God, God bless you if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I'm yeah. going to, maybe we should just leave it that way for the, the yeah, blessed that's, people that, that's that are not that's connected all. to the discourse. Yeah, just read theory. Just do a Google search for Bernie is sexist and you'll find just millions of hits and all, just pick your favorite reason. Yeah. That's all you need yeah. to do. It's, all, you know, it's like, like, he could just sit there and they would call him sexist. I saw somebody tweet that, and like their mentions were full of people saying that. And the tweet, they were like, "That's the joke." Yeah, I know. That's, yeah, that's, that's why joke. I. Yeah. Thanks for making me explain okay. it. Yeah. So, uh, Hunts Point produce market workers were on strike for what was it, like a week? Yeah, a week. Um, and they were asking for a one dollar an hour raise. Disgusting. And you know, these workers are, like, critical to this. Like, these, without these workers, like, people don't fucking eat. It's, and they've it been working... It supplies 60% of New York City with, with produce. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's the, a big they, choke point. They just wanted a dollar? Yeah. All they wanted was a dollar an hour raise. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, now that they've reached a bargain... Um, a lot of the workers seem to be just over the moon about the bargain that they reached, which is awesome. Uh, one of them said, oh, the, the Teamsters Local 202 president said, it's the largest deal we've ever signed. So it was uh, 1,400 workers who voted to go on strike. And the deal that they ended up with was, at first, the, the first round of negotiations fell apart because they only offered them a 32-cent hourly raise. And they were like, nah, fuck that, dude. So where they landed is they now get a 70 cent per hour raise for the first year. And then by the third year, it'll be up to $1.85. Now, that's a pretty significant raise. That'll end up with most of the workforce making more than $20 an hour, which is still outrageously low. Yeah, this is New York City. In New York City. In New York. Yeah. I mean, it's located in the Bronx. So, you know, if they're living in the Bronx, like the the living costs are a little bit lower. But like $20 an hour is just. It's poverty wages. Outrageously low. It's poverty wages, especially in that area. But you know what? The workers are the workers seem to be happy enough. And I, I think that's pretty exciting. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, and, were... and you, I mean, this really just like goes to show how much, how little power concedes without uh, like a threat, right? You know, yeah. or, demand like, threat combo. Yeah, like you provide sixty percent of the food to the largest <laughs> city in the United States, and you want a dollar an hour raise and you don't want to like keep uh and th- there was also on the table um the there they wanted to uh, uh management wanted to increase their contribution to uh health insurance which they 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 kept they were like yeah nah. yeah, yeah, yeah and so no, that, we're not that's doing that and so that's not happening that's another part of their win and so, so you can provide 60 percent of the of the produce to the biggest city in this country and ask for a dollar more an hour, and they will say no, and you have to just go on strike, effectively, like, pr- doing economic sanctions to the city of New York <laughs> yeah. in order to, in order to <laughs> yeah. get that. Like, that's, that's, that's how much, uh, that's how much of a push you need to, you need to make to, to get anything. And, and it, I, I think it really just underscores how, um, how far we need to go and, like, how, how, um, uh how much we over or underestimate like the degree to which we need to really demand things you know yeah well and part of the challenge too is that first of all these are teamsters a very you know long-lived and very powerful union and second they're like look there's essential workers and there's essential essential workers workers. (laughs) and we're not all in that position right and part of the precarity of our economy and the the high rate of unemployment that we have right now is that it's very difficult to use withholding your labor as a tactic because there are a thousand fucking, you know, schmucks behind you ready to take that job. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And, you know, the kind of the ethics and the values of not breaking a strike, uh, a picket line mm-hmm. don't really exist for, I don't know, you know, I don't want to necessarily say most for for a lot of people. And so it's it's, you know, I think that this case highlights a lot of the challenges that other people in the workforce have because. You know, if you're not part of a very well-established contract union and you aren't doing a job that is difficult to replace in part because of that union, you know, you have a lot less leverage. Um, And so what we the challenge now is to figure out how we can get that type of leverage for other types of employees. You know, we just saw I don't think we were going to talk about this specifically, but these Instacart Instacart just fired all of their union employees. Yeah, it's fucking there were like 10 of them, but they fired all of them. Yeah. Um, Basically a shut up and, and, uh, you know, don't organize move. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's hilarious is that when they fired them, they said uh, any laid off employees, uh, we can help find you another role in the in the corporation. So they basically were just like bold-faced like no we're firing you because you're unionized but if you want to come back as not unionized then you know we could, we could talk <laughs> yeah that's that's that is bold that is fucking bold uh and and you know who also does oh, not like um who, who does not respect the picket line are cops um mm. oh yeah yeah and so there um on tuesday night so the uh, the tuesday night of the strike um the uh the uh five workers were uh, arrested after a line of 300 NYPD cops just like ran at the picket line for no fucking reason and uh and, and in riot gear and 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 you know knock knocked heads together 
and um, it was actually some Pinkerton shit. Yeah, man. Pinkerton That's shit. Wild. Yeah, just like here's a picket line, and they they I, I saw the video of it. They're just like put on the loudspeaker, like get on the sidewalk, or you will be arrested. And you know, people are just like on the doing their picket line shit, and then they just like just ran into them. They had horses. They had sh- just everything, and. Um, uh, uh, you know, was, that was Tuesday night. Wednesday night, uh, to bring it back to the region, uh, I had a uh, a meeting with the um, uh, Troy Area Labor Council, and I had on the uh, the agenda a resolution to um, adopt uh, DSA uh, our local DSA chapters um, demands on the Troy Police Department, and mm-hmm. you know stuff like freezing the seven hundred and twelve thousand uh, dollar increase to their budget. You know, um, uh, having a, a right to know law I- implemented, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and um, and there was a little bit of reticence to um, adopting it because you know cops are are. Uh, they're not workers, but they but they are represented by unions or what are called unions or but are you know police benevolence association protection. Yeah, they're organized. Yeah, they're organized, and, and so there's always a little bit of hesitance to to do stuff like that. But um, but I mentioned this uh uh exact I- event um from the night before and like saying like you know, you can't like what message are you sending to every other worker out there that you would rather like not offend these uh you know these thugs instead of like you know saying uh you know we're, we're here for you you know it's like it's, it's you got you got you have to pick one you the cops make you pick and you yeah. and you have to pick them or everybody else and it's it's um it, I, and i think more people are coming around to that it's uh it was interesting i you know it, it was a it's a closed meeting so i won't say i won't like even ca- try to characterize the conversation but it, it's interesting to start seeing like people wake up to this situation even if it's something like well you know this is these aren't the cops that we grew up with or something like that you know like i like obviously they are you know but they just were less armed they're less well armed but you know it's it's a it's interesting to 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 see people's minds start to change Mm -hmm. as a bit of an aside just because it it came across my news feed uh when i regrettably looked at twitter first thing in the morning from bed um did you guys see always a mistake yeah for real um <laughs> did did you guys uh see the the cop that uh drove over that entire crowd in tacoma oh my god yeah yeah i did see I, that. no i didn't see so this, this was it it looked like there was a crowd around for like a protest or something but apparently it was a bunch of people who had just gathered for like a um illicit like street race like a, like a car yeah, like race. A drag race or something yeah, yeah and, and a, ca- a car peeled out and it got the the attention of a of a cruiser or something right mm-hmm. yeah and so people were you know in this crowd and, and i have very little context you know i didn't really look it up for uh you know talking about it on this episode but long story short there was a big crowd and a suv patrol car just drove right through it like ran over like dozen people like it was fucked up oh my god yeah Yeah, like Um, it is like you see like tires going over a human body yeah like it it, yeah where uh were there like any deaths or like major injuries do we know apparently it happened like three hours ago um oh or so uh so oh sorry no 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 my bad it happened at uh okay so yeah all right I'm just going to read from this. Um, 
Tacoma, Washington police officer is under investigation after he drove his vehicle into a crowd, running over at least one person and possibly striking others, according to a press release from Tacoma Police Department. Along with other police units, the officer was responding to reports of an incident at the intersection of South 9th and Pacific Avenue in Tacoma around 6.20 p.m. on Saturday. Um, once in the scene, the officers found a number of vehicles and approximately 100 people blocking the intersection, when which they began to clear for, quote, the safety of the gathered and... and the and people trying to use the street oh okay uh for quote the, you just like the, imagine like a bunch of people waiting to use the street and they're like oh come on like a cop just <laughs> just run them over a whole crowd through and they're like oh finally and they just walk down the sidewalk Fine. But they but they already came out ahead of this, you know, using the emotional justification, quote, fearing for his safety, unquote. The statement said the officer drove forward, striking at least one individual and may have impacted others. Yeah, I watched the video. A lot of other people were impacted. <laughs> like it was a whole crowd of people that were like thrown like debris. Wait, so the cop was scared. So we had to run over a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean. What were they going to do to him inside his fucking $70,000 SUV? I don't know. Scratch it. I, I don't know. Maybe he was afraid of the, for the SUV. Yeah. yeah. You, you develop a lot of attachments uh, sitting in it, drinking Dunkin' Donuts. For, well, no, this is Tacoma, Washington, Starbucks for, you know, like, you know, 12 hours a, a, a day. So, yeah, apparently... Um, a bunch of New York congressional Democrats are calling on the federal government to um, investigate these uh, this uh, these cops beating up five workers at the picket line. I, I, um, I'm sure that they will find that uh, uh, that you know there's something really serious that needs to be done immediately. Yeah, they will uh, take take steps to retaliate against these officers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool. I have to say. Yeah, it is. Like, you see, there's a picture here of one of them with a bottle of champagne, like raising it up, and everybody drinking champagne. It's fucking. It's fucking awesome. It looks yeah. like like rosé or something. Yeah, yeah, I think it's rosé. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. yeah, there's not. There's nothing quite as heartwarming as a bunch of uh, striking workers out in the cold sharing a uh, a bottle of champagne with uh, Dixie cups while wearing like gloves and mittens. Uh, that's yeah. that's a heartwarming picture. Yeah. And and good on a- AOC for showing up to the picket line. Yeah, she showed up with oh, hand yeah. warmers and Cafe Bustello. She knows what's up. My parents love that coffee. Absolutely love it. Dude, let's go from really good labor news to really awful labor news, right? Ooh. Yeah. I think, uh, think that's the best uh, transition that I can really <laughs> offer on this. Um, it was the best times. Live. It was the worst. It was of the times. worst of times. <laughs> uh, Lyft is testing a program that offers drivers more rides in exchange for a ten percent pay cut. Lyft calls this feature priority mode. Drivers call it poverty mode. You know, we'll, we'll, you'll make it up in volume. <laughs> so, so to start with, from the at the beginning of quarantine, Lyft saw a seventy-five percent decrease in ridership. And yet Compared their stock price kept years. going up. Strangely enough. Um, and yet they've never made a profit. Not about yeah, It's, not it's a almost bubble, like folks. this entire, you know, Silicon Valley economy is based on wild speculation of a future monopoly. Yeah. Almost like that. So, 
So by November, uh, the numbers had gone up, but they were still at about 50% of capacity that they'd done in the years prior. And so what they've done to deal with this is launch this thing called priority mode. And basically what it means is drivers can go into priority mode, which means that they will get more rides than other drivers currently driving, but at a 10% decrease in rates. So Lyft has done a shit ton of things to end up paying drivers less. They lowered their cancellation fee for riders from 5 to $2. Uh, they upped their cut from drivers from 20% to 25%. Um, obviously, we all know about the Prop 22 shit that they've done. But so the way that this program works, um, this is in Toronto, which is one of the cities that's rolled it out. And this is all in Canadian dollars. Um, so drivers make $1.68 per ride pickup. But in, um, and this is all in pri- in priority mode versus the $1.87 that they would make in normal mode. They make 12 cents a minute in this priority mode versus 13 cents a minute. And they make 54 cents per kilometer versus the 60 cents per kilometer. So all of that calculated, a ride in priority mode makes 558 compared with normal mode 617. And this is all in Canadian dollars. So it's this e- is all in Canadian. So it, it sucks even worse. Yeah. It's not yeah. even real money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's got, it's like They're basically trading maple syrup up there. Yeah. Yeah. Queen. yeah. Yeah. Just like they, they just hand each other hockey pucks and 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 beaver so, dropping, droppings it's, it's, <laughs> it's the pelt. So what's happened from this is that if you are driving not in priority mode in regular mode you get significantly fewer riders some some drivers are reporting almost no riders when they are like out in the field not in priority mode Jesus So Lyft has been able essentially to reduce wages by 10% for a portion of their workforce and frame it as if it's an opportunity to make more money, which is obviously just like on its face nonsensical. Like it's not there's still the same number of riders. Yeah, and there's, there's also no... the same same amount of hours in the day. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, and then on top of this, Lyft has been reducing the number of hours, the number of priority hours that drivers are given access to. It was it started at like, I don't remember, like seven a week and then it went down to five a week and then it went down to three a week, something those some numbers along those lines. So it's it is so fucking evil. It's so fucking evil. And the way they even describe it to riders is you will be prioritized above other riders. So now they're also entering into it this pitting riders against each other. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's uh, on its face, like the whole selling point of all this is like you want to outcompete the other people you want to race to the bottom and win it's like yeah like do you want to be our special little boy we'll give you more treats (laughs) yeah it's pretty wild yeah like they should just call it race to the bottom mode and everybody's like you know consciously like yes i'm going to collectively undermine everyone else's ability to make (laughs) even slightly more than this you know like it's so fucked up, and it really goes to show, like how you know the let's call the essential gig workers, people who are delivering groceries. Like those are people who are they're seeing an uptick in business, right? Because people are having more shit delivered, so they don't have to go out. And Lyft is seeing a down a downward shift in terms of the number of drivers, 
And it makes no difference. Like, they're all getting fucked equally. And, and you know, you, you look at... So I, I said, like, you know, their, their stock just keeps going up no matter what, right? And that's, that's, so that's partially true. Like, both Uber and Lyft, like, I, I'm looking at their, uh, at their uh, stock prices now. And, like, you know, you see in, like, late January of, of uh, 2019, like, they, or of 2020, they both, like, just crash, right? But it, from an initial, like, you know, 50 to $80 share price uh, when, they, when they first uh, started selling uh, in the middle of 2019 um but now uber is at an all-time high of their their stock price and lyft is is pretty close to being at, uh, both of them of course had their highest po- uh points um or like their some of their highest points uh when they were initially offered right and then mm-hmm. it's gone down and then it goes up and then it goes down and goes all the way up which really i mean it, it's just like it's showing like how much of the these like the, these stock prices are just um you know a a, a game a, a game to to get uh as much cash as possible on really nothing other than like uh, a, a being a hype beast for the new for yeah. some sort of new gig economy that's that's all it's ever been it has nothing to do with uh changing the the world of transportation or anything like that yeah I'm- it's a measurement of how rich people feel yeah <laughs> So, yeah. but, but you're you're entirely right. That's exactly what this is. And also, uh, just you know, we we've pointed out how unlikely a uh, tomorrow uh, with driverless cars everywhere is. But yeah. you know, people are continuing those recaptchas. You know, they're continuing to feed the AI beast the enough information about spotting bicycles and you know head uh, stoplights and everything else that like AI eventually will get to the point of being able to move an entire fleet of driverless cars, and you're going to have to pay the same wage or the same rate whether or not there was a driver. So in it, it seems like the stock valuation of this is entirely predicated on a future of just completely robotic fleet of of cars. Like that, that seems to be the only way that Uber or Lyft will actually be profitable in the long term, and it's going to be pretty dystopic because they're going to be able to reduce the actual cost and operating of maintaining this robotic fleet of vehicles, um, but they're not going to change how much it costs to move around in a city. You know, like the 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 surplus value produced by having um, you know driverless cars will be completely monopolized or duopolized. It'll be like Uber and Lyft, like you know the McDonald's and Burger King of uh, you know getting around a city. Oh, I want some McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, I think that's exactly right. And I just I don't know. Completely. I mean, I. I st- I still think that it's going to be a very long time before the cost benefit of just having these, you know, like just inc- like feudal, feudalist drivers um, becoming more expensive than AI because you can pay them so fucking little. And the liability insurance alone on a, you know, driverless fleet of cars is going to be pretty expensive like Mm -hmm. because otherwise if anything goes wrong you know they're going to be hit with a lawsuit like you won't have currently drivers take on a lot of that liability in many states Mm. and so if you have driverless cars you're going to have lyft and uber having to take on that liability and that in and of itself makes me wonder how far away that economic model is going to be viable um 
Yeah. Not to mention the fact that now you don't have anybody to clean those cars. You have to pay for the maintenance of those cars. All of that shit is all, is like suddenly you know, Uber and Lyft onto yeah. drivers. Yeah. So now you're going to need people to do that work. Oh shit. So I don't know. Oh I shit. Mean, I'm going to be a gig economy roboticist. Fuck. I'm going to be like, <laughs> you know, like making a robotic uh, repair garage in my backyard and getting paid like pennies on the dollar for it. Fuck. This possible. sucks. It, it comes for everyone, though. I, I, I actually do completely disagree that um, Uber and Lyft will eventually switch to autonomous cars. I, it, I don't think it will ever happen. Um, Based on technical it, it, feasibility? Uh, technical feasibility and also um, like the 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 uh, all the. I I I think if if they do make most of their money off of a car that drives itself, it will only be possible after massive amounts of changes to who who is allowed to drive and where. Um, uh, uh, this that's this is that's not what this episode's about. But the the couple things that I, I'll say in my favor that will that uh for that is you know like one there's stuff that you both said about how like now you take on all these other costs about actually owning uh depreciating capital right yep. cars whereas now they don't um but also just last uh month in december uh uber sold its self-driving car project they got out of the business interesting um, they, well, they sold it to somebody else. I mean, yeah. They, they, they so they what they did is they invested for they invested four hundred million dollars into a startup called Aurora. Um, it, so they essentially paid like some schmuck to just like take this part of their company uh, away, and um, it's it, it, the New York Times describes it as a fire sale. Practically, it, it's it, it, and. I, I just I, there's been no uh, practical I don't, I don't know there's been everyone that I trust on, on this sort of stuff is just you know, um, has been looking at it constantly year over year just sees like it just never it never pans out and all the places yeah. that it does work and it is regularly tested is in, is in the southwest where they don't have like where there's no fucking cars snow <laughs> no well, where where yeah. Well, well, it's where um uh all of the road infrastructure is new or very well maintained mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. cities that were built for cars. Mm-hmm. So you have like mm-hmm. nice, well painted lanes and and you dedicated right turn lanes and and the the stoplights were all built in this century and stuff like that. Whereas uh, up here, for example, mm-hmm. like go find a lane. <laughs> right, you know, like, yeah. you know yeah. pa- pawling out here, uh, right off of uh, you know where we live, is 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 a two lane road some places, and then it also some- with no lines, with no lines, and then sometimes just depending on like how close you are to a sign, uh, you could parallel park there, but it, there's absolutely no clear line delineation between where yeah. parallel where parallel parking starts and it becomes a travel lane itself, right? It, it's <laughs> Into, and there are parts of intuition. New York where it's three and four lanes with no lines yeah. dividing them. Yeah, you and, know, and, and, and where the <laughs> off ramp to get on an exit in the city is like all of you know forty feet long. Yeah, and and and, and, yeah. and snow, right? Like yeah. if you and get a bad, if you get a bad snowstorm, and... it can even co- cover the stop sign, right? And and a bunch well, of imagine other stuff. an autonomous car driving in a tropical storm in Florida. Or like even yeah. a heavy rain. Yeah. You know, in Florida, when it rains, basically God like empties his buckets for 20 minutes 
You know, like it's hard. It's like people pull over because it's raining so hard they can't drive. Okay, so I've switched. I don't, I completely disagree with Chris. On Team right. David now will never have autonomous cars. All right, I, how about? I how, think on top of the reasons that I raised, like, I mean, well, I think it, that it, those are all like. So, so uh, all right, he, he, here's a, here's a, here's a third option, right? So, as we've talked about, you know, in the very long term speculation of our society, that we might see, you know, a glittering space age where we get like a general AI that helps, like efficient, massively uh, improve the efficiency of the industrial economy, yada, yada. And, you know, we end up with like all this crazy shit and eventually like a uh, post humanist, uh, like digital um, experience of life or something like that. That's one vision. Then you have the vision of like, we're forced back into the, like the past through, you know, disaster. So we end up with like horses and buggies again, because like you can, you know, raise a horse on the local like grasslands or some shit and you don't need to have like expensive parts made, you know, everywhere else. How about a third one where you have the digital technical infrastructure of like the internet and 5G and all that shit. But we return to like horses and buggies, but they're Neuralink horses. So at first you get somebody, you know, with the buggy whip, you know, moving them around inside the city. And then eventually the horse itself is its own driver. And we, you know, make the horse compete with a race to the bottom feature where it can like outcompete the other horses in the area for like extra, you know, or like oats, sweet grass uh, or yeah. like carrots. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so and then you put uh, the sweet grass on the blockchain. Mm, yep. Right. And yep. so you're just like you're constantly talking. mining brilliant new, new sweet grass. grass. Yeah. Here's what I would now actually. You're cooking with manure. One thing that I could actually see coming to pass is semi-autonomous cars, especially with the trucking industry and the freight industry. You have a semi-autonomous, you know, uh, a semi basically a semi semi-autonomous, and now you have <laughs> truck drivers being paid practically nothing because they're not responsible for driving the entire time. And instead, everybody's on fucking Fiverr, like correcting, you know, voice to text, uh, audio, you know, like transcriptions and stuff. And they're adding in the the does and theirs and all the shit that the voice to text doesn't pick up. So you just have a bunch of Uber drivers who only have to drive like 50 percent of the time. And then because they're making so little, they have to spend the other 50 percent of the time doing some kind of like mental gig work. That's what I think will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, the the part that I said where like with you know no art, um self driving cars without like a massive change in in laws and infrastructure, you know like five G of course is one of them, but also like I I could imagine I, I've said this I think maybe before, but the you know the, I, I could definitely imagine a scenario where um you you know uh, lanes get um cordoned off yep, yep. for autonomous cars right mm-hmm. and then like then you also like start to see you know for people say stuff like for your safety we have cut out um you know access to um uh, these entire highways or this pedestrian the no pedestrians are allowed in this area right. or you start hardening off um the difference between pedestrians and and autonomous uh car lanes and stuff like mm-hmm. that and so you, you'll eventually start seeing like a a buying out of the public realm by these autonomous car companies, uh, all under the guise of safety. Isn't that right? what's Where happening like, in mm-hmm. India? Well, the, or am I? 
Um, or is that just with regular? Cars I know there's maybe? not. There, there are cities in in China. I've heard that have uh, developed uh, infrastructure for the purpose of future autonomous vehicles, mm. like or you know, yeah. like te- test uh, you know roads that will be all uh, driverless. Yeah. So the, the the you know the um the 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 really long history of automation, right? Is is uh the replacement of labor power and of people power in general with capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right that is um and then the the people like you chris no like all of us <laughs> like all three of us right that um that like have more um knowledge about how to repair and manage those and the logistics required to manage those things than like say a machinist that knows how, you know like the intimate details of mm-hmm. like how to fix a bus or something like that mm-hmm. right and you, so and you transfer all of that power it's a you know it's always a big transfer of power so when you think of autonomous cars right we can't just think about replacing a drive you know like how the driver is replaced and how people lose jobs from driving it's this entire shift of uh money and capital and access to land and uh knowledge and all these different things get reconfigured around these self-driving cars or trucks or buses to the extent that it it um you know helps you know dipshits like elon musk right like constrain their power over over um just vast swaths of of the world and it's and it all starts with uh you know a, a lift trying to figure out new games to play where you can never possibly know how much money you're gonna make on a given day right uh till eventually you know like they say well now you know we have this dedicated autonomous lane and we'll pay you a flat rate to just sit in the car and make you know and like uh, just keep an eye on it you know, and, and like be the greeter to the person that comes in right. the car, you know. And eventually uh, that, that'll be like reduced out to like a mechanical Turk style web interface where somebody logs into their computer and there's like a, you know, steering wheel and like, you know, clutch system next to them. And anytime the AI in a, a driverless car gets confused, it just like slows down to a stop and you know, some person on the other end is like, oh, it, yeah, the sign fell down. You fucking idiot. Blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> yeah, like, right. You know, yeah. gets it out of the jam. Yeah. And, and that person could be anywhere, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be uh, offshore. You know, you'll use like uh, uh, VR and, and a bunch of other things so that you can just find the cheapest labor market to, mm-hmm. to do the um, uh, anything that has that requires a human. That's why we need 5G. Yeah, right. That's why we that's why we need the five G. Oh man. We What else is going on? Uh well <laughs> we could talk about um Biden basically being Trump for pulling the permits on the Keystone pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, I, I've been I've been saying it, you know, that like oil is the new minority, you know? <laughs> You know, oh like, my um, god! This is basically know, like, kids oh in cages, god. but for oil and right, pipelines. yeah. You know, because like it's coming across the border yeah. from Canada. You know, <laughs> it can't stay in the tar sands. You know, it, it's being forced out yeah. of the tar oh sands uh, by uh, social and economic forces well beyond its control. And now, like, what? Are, now, oh, and now we're just going to say no, you can't come here. Oh, man. Just because it's yeah, not the sweet crude, it's sour, has... you know? Like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You have, like, uh, standards. Uh, you know. 
Yeah. I mean, all right. So l- let's talk about the Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's zoom out for a little bit. Um, so uh, listeners are probably already aware, but in case they aren't, um, the Alberta tar sands is one of the largest oil uh, deposits in the North American continent. Um, but the oil yeah. is shitty. It is, um, it's like a bitumen rich, um, you know, uh, oil. I think it's like a light crude or something like that. And they have to, uh, separate it from and it's like children. sand. So it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's incredibly energy intensive. It's something on the order of like, you need like a barrel of oil to get like three barrels of oil or something like that. So not only is, do you need to, um, like spend a fuck ton of energy to extract the um, the the potential usefulness of this fossil fuel, but the return is 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 so low that it's like laughable compared to other oil sources. So if you look at like Saudi Arabia or Texas, you know before its peak, um, there was like a ten thousand to one return ratio, where like you'd need like one barrel of oil to get like ten thousand barrels out. Um, now it's closer to like one to three, which in my opinion, is the greatest point of evidence to suggest that we are, like, reaching the yeah. bottom of the barrel, which is to say, like, if it makes sense economically to process the tar sands oil in the first place, um, that spells a, you know, if not peak oil, a point of, like, extreme diminishing return on the energy um, uh, value of uh, of this fossil fuel. Um, and so... People have been saying from the jump, like, not only do you need to basically turn the uh, boreal forests of Alberta into, like, Mordor to, like, extract and process all of this, but the fact that there's so much there. I think, one second, how many? All right, there's estimated 173 billion barrels of oil in the Alberta tar sands. And people have long advocated for this to remain in the ground for obvious reasons we're essentially about to head off a cliff of climate stability if we haven't already um which might be irrevocable um and it's really dark and but people have been saying that if you're going to use oil you want democratic oil and if you're going to move oil you want it to be moved in pipelines instead of trucks or trains like the bomb trains that go into through uh the port of albany every day um and while there's certainly some arguments to be had there. Um, the idea that we should be taking the least efficient oil that we know of in the world and 173 billion barrels of it and creating long-term infrastructure to uh, fast track its development, extraction, and uh, you know, essentially burning, put it in, into the atmosphere um, is yeah. fucking psychotic. And if you like, if you believe the science even a little bit, this is like the worst thing we can do by far for the uh, environment as a whole. And this is why you know people from around the world have been trying to get uh, the Keystone XL pipeline from 
happening in the first place. And so Obama, uh, to, you know, his credit and from the massive pressure of, you know, hundreds of thousands of activists and, uh, you know, indigenous uh, organizations, both in Canada and in America, uh, ended up pulling the permits. Um, but, you know, Trump being who he is, um, basically overrid them all when he got into office. So I have to say, I am really happy that Biden is uh, pulling the permits once again for the Keystone X-Bio pipeline. But just Justin Trudeau is not. No, he's very, he's a very sad boy over this. He's, he's got his socks in a twist. He is yeah, I... disappointed in his words. Yeah. 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 And, 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 uh, and we, we were not kidding when we were saying that, uh, that some people uh, think that this is a return to Trumpian tactics. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> no, that was, um, that, that, that was sincere. Yeah. yeah so the, in the, the advocate, um, which is um, not the LGBT uh, magazine, but um, the uh, uh, regional newspaper uh, for around Louisiana owned by a billionaire that owns a conglomerate like company that prop that I, I, I didn't look too deeply, but let's just let's just guess that it probably has some money in oil. I mean, 90 percent um, of rich people have money in oil. So I think it's yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good guess there. They they put out an editorial saying our views on Keystone Pipeline. Biden uses some of Trump's worst tactics, and uh, yeah, and, they, and they're basically saying that um, you know he's Biden is being Trumpian in that he's using executive orders and like unilateral executive control to cut the 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 Keystone XL pipeline. The Canadians maltreated by two u.s administrations will sell their oil to china or other buyers by tankers another riskier means of transport and the oil will be used in chinese refineries and <gasps> factories with much lower environmental standards than those in the united states dun, dun, like dun. yeah <laughs> like it's Not so chinese yeah it's so mind-blowing that someone's like you're being just like trump and now the China is gonna get it. You know, it's yeah. like, like frankly, whoa, what, what, shit, you just did a Trump thing. If that shit went like, through you, the pipeline, we'd still be sending it to China. They make all our plastic shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah, where does that pipeline, because where does that, that pipeline go? It goes to Louisiana. It goes into where organic, it, locally sourced, free range <laughs> oil farms that are humane. <laughs> And uh, employ American workers. <laughs> it's like I also like the the idea that there's like a moral arc to us put it, pushing the apocalypse button. It's like listen, you know, like when we pu- push the apocalypse button, it's a uh, democratic and you know highly regulated. But when China pushes the apocalypse button, then it's it's way dirtier and you know there, there aren't nearly as many good democratic uh you know uh, re- regulations of which one in particular i'm really upset about right now <laughs> yeah god this article even yeah, so says it's, it's, he's no better than trump like uh yeah wow. i like I, I like this line uh it says um when There's the mammoth no difference keystone- between good or bad things i'm sorry go ahead. <laughs> no it's fine <laughs> when the mammoth keystone pipeline project began approved after long environmental reviews and court fights it was politics that led president obama to jump in he abused the fact that the pipeline would cross the nation's borders to try to block its construction the state department's approval typically a formality became a political weapon against the pipeline this was an abuse of unrelated law pure and simple trumpian before donald <laughs> Wow. Incredible. 
I just want to yeah, read the last gonna... two. I want to. I got to read the last two paragraphs of this because it's really good. And Chris, I think they're directly calling you out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, all of this because because some radical sectors of the environmental movement see petroleum as a satanic force instead of the resource that we should use intelligently and wisely with greater regard over time to the global climate pr- crisis over time. There, bitch, there is no time. <laughs> We're done. Ben. We are over time in Louisiana, where energy and shipping, the latter hurt by Trump's tariffs, are so important to our economy. We should fear the precedence of three administrations, executive orders without a substance of thoughtful review and due process of law. Oh, my God. Remarkable. All right. Let, let me tell you, people, I, I, I watched them uh, worshiping Moloch and uh, Satanic uh, pedophiles, and uh, they were all supporting a ban on the Keystone XL pipeline. Believe, believe me, <laughs> folks. <laughs> <laughs> they were asking Beelzebub for uh, uh, a stay of execution to the pipeline. Uh, 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 th- this part is really good. I, I'm sorry we're jumping around, but to be honest, like this this uh, editorial doesn't deserve. <laughs> I don't think like, linear structure is really a, a strength yeah. in this piece. Yeah, <sighs> no. Um, pipelines are by far the safest dash and greenest dash. <laughs> Way to transport large volumes of oil or other fuels. It's like, th- what? <sighs> like, like this is this is the most humane method of execution of the entire plan. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what are you? Wait, it, it, well, it's yeah. It's like it's, the, the, it's remarkable. The ICBM is the safest and most efficient way to deliver us our nuclear apocalypse. I mean, like if you yeah. if you think about you know like the Trident system, you know, in the uh, the the the, uh, the submarines, like I mean, yeah, like they they could like you know I don't know kill some octopus before like you won't e- you won't even know it happened. All right, you'll just be walking doing your day, and then it'll be a flashlight, and it'll all be over. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like at least, at least they respect us enough to just come out and say that this that like that this is because uh, Louisiana has is like tied up in the energy sector. Yeah. Like at the yeah. end, like the part that Brittany yeah. read. Yeah. Right. It was like they they just say like no. You see, because the oil after destroying like like everything between Montana and us, you know. <laughs> like or alberta and us right just like the whole dead center of north america just after all of that becomes completely dead um you know like two thousand people are gonna have some jobs that are really dangerous yeah (laughs) (laughs) um, for like for a few months you know yeah for a few months that it's greener is essentially predicated on the fact that it doesn't need trucks and trains but it's not like that oil stays in louisiana for the rest of like it doesn't all get used there it still gets transported other places like it's just it's all just absurd on its face um anybody who tries to make a the only argument in favor of this is profit that's the only yes. argument you can possibly make in favor of the Keystone XL pipeline. And if you're trying yes. to make any other argument, you're just you're just doing your best to appeal to the, you know, the the sensitivities of people who think about, you know, jobs and well, we have to we have to get off of oil in a in a way that's sustainable and slow and <laughs> measured and blah blah blah. And I think you're totally right, Chris, that the fact that we're literally sifting dirt out of oil right now so we can, like, chuck it into a pipe and send it down river shows that, yeah, we are at the bottom of the barrel. Like, we yeah. are not we are not finding new, like, 
what is it? Crude oil is the kind that's not tar sands oil. Uh, Whatever. Uh, sweet. Sweet. Yeah, like sweet. The, okay. We're, yeah. We we don't have any more sweet oil. And we're getting a lot of oil right now from uh, fracking. Um, yeah. And uh, so that is why I think as a, I think this I year we're fracking a was na- natural gas. It's both. Yeah. It's oh, both. okay. Cool. Oh, is it really? Well, two for and uh, and so <laughs> there's. <laughs> we we have um I think it's like the the back and shale oil deposits or something like that um uh but we became a net exporter of oil I think in like 2014 or something I mean you know Obama did it Yeah and, I did that <clears throat> and uh you know that had everything to do with uh fracking technology uh developing uh and like basically people like rushing to do as much extraction and fracking as they could before people woke up to how fucked up it was and like how much it was going to undermine the health and safety of you know our groundwater throughout the whole continent um but uh yeah so we don't even like we're not even in a point right now where you can argue like this is why we need to you know be bombing yemen is to like maintain you know saudi diplomatic relations so that we can like you know fund our fossil fuel based economy or anything like that it's like we're already exporting so like yeah, anyway, fuck all this shit. The the greenest way to move uh tar sands oil is by hand. That is the greenest way, as slowly as fucking possible, because every barrel you 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 ship is going into the fucking atmosphere. Yeah. Every single fucking one. So like the greenest way is the slowest way. Whatever it makes that happen or not make it not that happen at all. That could create a lot of jobs if you do a hands across America <laughs> thing from Alberta yeah. to Louisiana. Just everybody That's line beautiful. up and, you yeah. know, we'll just firemen brigade the oil from hand to hand, just lovingly pouring it into each other's hands. I think that's the way to go. I love, a love that vision. A, a, a human centipede of, of oil. Oh, you always have to bring in the human centipede and I hate it so much. Oh man! Uh, so I, I want to close out this this little segment by a uh, a lovely uh, 2017 quote um, uh, from uh, Justin Trudeau, who I believe <laughs> was in blackface at the time he made this quote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in 2017, Trudeau touted the Keystone XL pipeline, saying, "Quote: No country would find 173 billion barrels of oil in the ground and just leave them there." The resource will be developed. Our job is to ensure that this is done responsibly, safely, and sustainably. To which I have to say, fuck off and die. Yeah. There's no way <laughs> to is- sustainably harvest oil because it's not sustainable. That's, like, that, that's, that's nonsense. It's total nonsense. It would be like, David, oh, we have that, to sustainably that... finish this this bag of Cheetos. Like, we have to do it in a way that's sustainable. <laughs> no, the Cheetos will end. You cannot sustain it. There's only so many. It's just total nonsense. Uh, and, and it's um, it, it's a really it's another one of those. There's a, a billion of them, but th- this is another one of those good examples of like capitalist realism, right? Where it's like it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. There is no alternative. Yeah. It's going to happen. These the this oil is gonna come out of the ground. Yeah. And if I and if I Justin Trudeau don't do it with my cute little uh, oil socks, they're black <laughs> for oil. You know, like uh, you know, if 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 I don't do it, then like. Then you know, like some uh, Rob Ford figure is 
going to do it. And he's just going to he's just going to put it in a super soaker and like spray it all over some caribou and you don't want that, do you? You love the ca- oh why do you want to kill some caribou? Yeah, Rob Ford is like, isn't going to so eat. offensive to other countries, David Banks. <laughs> So offensive. Can't uh, but yeah, can't believe I'm associated know, with this kind of national degradation. Oh man, I mean, it should be a, a laughing stock for the entire world when people like um, Justin Trudeau go on a climate march. Like, yeah, it's just holy fucking shit. And you know, like, I wonder, like, I don't know, are there any progressive leaders? Like, really, truly? Because, like, this is Justin Trudeau is very, like, Obama like in the way that he was elected as this incredible progressive. And now, you know, how many years has he been in office? Feels like a lot. Too um, long. <laughs> you know, it's just like, the, it just, the, I don't know if it's just that you cannot be in government without being corrupted. It often makes me think of, like, what would have actually happened if Bernie had become president. Like, mm. you know, there was a lot of speculation about this while his while his campaign was still running strong. But like, like, would he have disappointed us as much as oh, we were disappointed by Obama? I'm sure, you know, progressive and yeah. leftist Canadians have been disappointed by Trudeau. It's just like it's really fucking demoralizing. Holy yeah. shit, man. Well, I I think that, you know, being disappointed by your elected officials is an inevitability. Um, but, you know, like, I don't know. It. it it's just the craziest shit. The idea of like talking about processing and putting into the atmosphere 173 billion barrels of oil sustainably and like being able to say that with a straight face and have like the entire liberal establishment of the media and your electorate be like, makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Cool. <laughs> like, what the fuck? We've got like no time left. And uh, I don't know. Sorry. No, I know. It's So good on <sighs> Biden. Good yeah, on Biden. Good on, I'm vibing Biden. with Biden. Uh, you know, I take <laughs> I'm, back I'm everything I Biden. said about that, like, that, sorry, that creepy a, rapist asshole. <laughs> I renounce my communism. Um I'm actually just a moderate Democrat now yeah. because Biden did a good thing. So and he did another yeah. good thing. But, so stay tuned to the end of the show to hear about that. Yeah. But you know, like I mean r- I think it's important to, like, connect the fact that, right, like, Obama, uh, like, signed that, you know, did, did a Trumpian thing before Donald and and stopped the Keystone XL <laughs> pipeline, right? But while also at the same time, like, vastly expanding um, uh, uh, fracking, right? Yeah. And, and, then yeah. To, and then was, and was like, and did a victory lap yeah. over, oh, yeah. right, after he became president, yeah. right? Um, which, which shows that, you know, like, we, you know, we're joking about, like, okay, now we're Biden supporters now, right? Is like, it... The point is that you have, uh, you you pick a, your enemy when you're voting. You're deciding who you want your political enemy to be, right? And it's and you and you know you don't maybe you don't want to be Trump because he he's just not he's just too much of an idiot and a and a sycophant to like you know deal with him at all, right? And so you pick the the sundowning old codger instead, and and this is like this is just a better enemy to to fight. Right. In the same way that, you know, Obama was an enemy to fight and he it wasn't like out of the goodness of his heart that he wanted to stop the Keystone XL pipeline. We made it politically untenable to support it, uh, which was not something that was, you know, anyone was capable of doing when it came to fracking. But 
you know, which is we, why we, he fucking did we it. Did, right? We did <laughs> make so that uh, politically untenable for um, fucking Andrew Cuomo. And th- he right. he would yes. never have banned fracking yeah. had we not done it. New York has a lot more to use. New York has a yeah. lot more to lose than a lot of other places because it's literally like our water supply. Mm-hmm. And we, well, uh, same, a yeah. lot of Pennsylvania people too. drink from our water supply. Yeah. 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 Let's move on to our next shitty story <laughs> that we brought for you this fine day. <laughs> Um, the more you hundreds know. of New York state prisoners have tested positive for COVID-19 this month. And we are not giving any of them vaccines. You know, like it's been said from the very beginning of the virus, like prisons are the most vulnerable populations because you one of the reasons, not just that they're living in close, close quarters and everything, but because COs are constantly coming in and out of the prison. Bringing Mm -hmm. in, it'd be one thing if they were, you know, just like totally sequestered, then there would be no concern. But you have these COs who get to do whatever the fuck they want to do in their off time, coming in and constantly exposing these incarcerated people to the virus. Um, Yeah, speak nothing of new inmates. Yeah, new inmates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And visitors and yeah. Well, I think visitors are mostly shut down in, in most of these prisons and facilities. So like not only can they not see their families. Under the pretense of, you know, risk of getting the infection, but they're getting the fucking infection anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So fucked up. So So between January 4th and January 14th, five prisoners died from the virus and 750 newly tested positive. That's over the course of 10 days. This is one Um, prison? This is, I think this is across the corrections, corrections uh, department in New York. Um, but they're now hitting a 10% positivity rate when Jesus. testing. 10%, Jesus. 10%, which is about what we're at, too. But yeah. we're, like, not, like, sleeping in the same fucking 10 by 10 cells, you know? Yeah, well, that, that yeah. 10% uh, positivity rate for uh, tested uh, individuals in a society that isn't, you know, incarcerated. So the vast majority of people aren't taking tests. You know, right. only Exa- the people yeah, who, exactly. who are like, who think that they could be exposed are, whereas like, they're probably testing everybody in, in these prisons. Cause like, why wouldn't you? I don't think they are like, actually. No? I don't okay. think so. They don't yeah, want to no, spend the money no. on it. Yeah. So now Ugh. not only are like prisoners not getting the vaccination, but COs aren't getting it either, which means that they're, you know, continuing to bring in whatever they're exposed to. What about care workers? Because you have like hospital staff and nurses and stuff in uh, correctional institutions as well. Are they are they getting fast tracked for the vaccine? Nope. What? I thought well, all, I, all, I, I thought I, all frontline workers in the healthcare system were were getting it. Well, I I should take that back. I mean, like, well, here's the thing: we can't make any global. Um, statements yeah. about this because of like how fucking stupid our national healthcare system mm. is, right? Um, but, uh, so from state to state, it'll, it'll change. Um, I, I, I know from personal experience that in Florida, it, um, it's just whatever they have left. Um, but, uh, it, which is usually nothing. Right. But, um, uh, New York, like, yeah, I, 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 we can check the one B, um, designation of like who gets to get the, uh, get who's in the, who's in that vaccine group. But you know, the, the thing that, that, that really sucks is that like, even if you are, if you didn't sign up, like you're not getting it. Like, like there, uh, all the testing site, all or all the vaccination sites around here are full, uh, and have been full for weeks and will be full through April. So, like, even if you are uh, an approved vac- uh, like on the approved vaccination list, you could be waiting months, and 
you could be uh, kicked off at any time as soon as like uh, Pfizer decides that they want more money and they just like stop shipping all the drugs. You know, it's like it's um, it's fucked. We're fucked. (laughs) Yeah. One of the problems is looking at the like different phases um, is that. They say like qualified health, you know, health providers. Well, I don't know what a qualified health provider is, according to the state. Um, I'm trying to see right now if I'm seeing anything. Let's see. Police are getting them, of course. Um, Corrections. Okay. So they are now rolling out vaccines for local local correctional facilities, including correction officers, local probation departments. It doesn't say if they're giving it to actual i know that they're not giving it to incarcerated people right now but it doesn't say if they're going to be included in the new rollout and it doesn't say anything about nurses in correctional facilities fucked oh individuals living in a homeless shelter (coughs) that's good but yeah the other problem is just like getting your yeah okay the state says you're allowed to have one but it's not like it gives you one like you have to get it you have to sign up you have to show up you have to have identification like i don't know how many yeah. i don't know if they're requiring also, that for people who are who are unhoused but yeah they won't give it to you but they will fine you a million dollars if you don't get it or give it to the wrong person or if a hospital doesn't give enough people it they're not allowed to give it out anymore did you guys see that um samaritan hospital is doing the worst out yeah. of all of the yeah. uh, area yeah. hospitals we're number last <laughs> yeah, we're number we're one. number last <laughs> Uh, it's just like everything yeah. that we had predicted about how fucked up this whole uh, rollout, uh, you know, thumbprint that Andrew uh, Cuomo just felt like he had to do, um, it was going to be. And, yep, it's really bad. Yeah, because you just, it, 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 it's, it's a holdover from, well, I mean, like for how we do everything else in this country, right? It's this, like, exceptionally punitive system where, like, the only way we know how to create laws and make people do things is to punish them. Yeah. We, we never, or, or to give a tax incentive. And, like, we can't, there's, it's hard to give a tax incentive to get a vaccine or something. You know, it's like, there's, we have no way of, like, th- of, of thinking in this, like, maximalist, uh, just get it done way we the only thing we can think of is like means testing it and then punishing people who fuck up the co- already too confusing means testing that's the only way we know how to do anything and so, and so that's that's our that you know like that that's our hammer and we're gonna hit this nail even though it's a you know it's a fucking uh blow-up doll I don't know. Ooh, that's I'm a good trying one. to think of something that's yeah. not a nail. Yeah. You know? That's I mean, excellent because like, you can destroy it a blow-up doll if you, if you hammered it. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I'm, right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Any, anything like this, more we want to talk about uh, on this? this I just want to bl- point out really quick. So they say people living in homeless <clears throat> shelters, right? Mm-hmm. Step three of getting the vaccine is step three. Bring proof of eligibility to your appointment. When you go to your vaccination site for your appointment, you must bring proof of eligibility. This may include an employee ID card, a letter from an employer or affiliated organization, or a pay stub, depending on your priority status. As we know, things that people who are unhoused famously have, uh, identification, (laughs) a letter from their employer, uh, a pay stub, you know, just like stuff you got rolling around in your fucking knapsack. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So wait, you're an unhoused person? Can you provide a proof of address? 
<laughs> a, a proof of not address oh god yeah, they, they make you prove a negative you know to get a vaccine yeah that, that's something i would not i would expect uh uh the state to do to homeless people yeah it's like get prove a negative and you can get it no we're giving it to you but this now see this is on you now you have to be responsible yeah i uh um so i got the vaccine because i am a state uh employee uh uh professor person and in you know like I, I was able to get it um because i just happened to be right in front of my computer when my union president said like we're we can get it now go 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 you know and you, and you just like uh it's basically like getting uh like concert tickets over ticketmaster you know where like you you sit, set a reservation and then there's like a ticking clock and you're like you you have to finish the registration or we're going to release the 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 tickets you know it's it, it's it's pretty much like that there's no ticking clock but they will uh but i did like lose uh my first appointment i lost because i took too long and uh um yeah it's uh it's um uh, i i got i just got lucky that i was able to get it in time because like the next morning it, they were um filled up past april it's like living wow. in you know? soviet russia you know i mean this is yeah <laughs> for real man you know and and and, and i got it i i got i got my vaccine la- uh last monday and um and it worked perfectly like going in actually getting it done once you get the the goddamn registration is flawless absolutely like everyone that worked there uh it was at the university of albany like um a satellite parking lot it's and it's the national guard and it was just really fast and uh organized and and worked great uh and everyone and and it was really it was actually really nice to see like people were like almost jubilant working there because it's like it's happening I, and I, I, yeah, I could understand why. It's like I'm finally doing something to end this. I have a tangible thing to do to end this fucking nightmare, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, people were, were happy to get it done, but it, um, but it's just not enough. It, and and you know, like the whole like Biden's a uh, hundred million vaccinations in in his first hundred days is actually less than what we are capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the experts say we are capable of va- of vaccinating, and that it is even further less than that of how much vaccine we are able to produce. So the cho- um, choke point uh, is on distribution. Yeah, well, it's not no, even it's on, on distribution. Bi- it's, it's on that, government. It's on people to actually inject it into you, because we work at this this uh, like uh, uh, Walmart based system of like just in time lean as possible you know only hire as many people as you absolutely need kind of system and so like yeah you don't yeah you don't have vaccination sites you don't have nurses that can do those vaccinations and you just don't there's just not enough people around to know how to fucking do this and it's it's how hard could it be we don't have a real healthcare system let me build some robots real quick some auto jabbers yeah for real like Man, uh, just you know you don't need a nurse to give somebody a quick jab in the arm like i do it all the time jab jab pop 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 <laughs> do it again <laughs> so at the risk of being too like fawning over biden which we i promise you will never do on this podcast um He's not the hero that the left needs. He's he's caving on the thing that we need him to cave on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is, uh, so he plans to reverse, I, I guess he's already signed the executive order doing it, but at the start of the outbreak, um, 
Trump basically passed legislation that would make it really easy for employers to deny their employees access to unemployment benefits if they chose not to return to work. So let's say you work in a meatpacking factory and, you know, you close down for a little bit, but now your boss says, "Okay, everybody back to work. But the conditions there are horrible. It's very unsafe. You know that if you go there, you're very likely going to catch this deadly virus. And you say, I don't I don't feel safe coming back to work. Trump made it so that, uh, you know, there's this term suitable, which is, you know, if you if you are offered suitable work, then you have to accept it or you lose your unemployment benefits. And he basically made it easier for employers to say, like, this is suitable work. And if you don't come back, we're not going to pay your unemployment. And how it ended up basically going, there's a a, a really like awful um, quote. I'm just, this is from the Daily Poster, which aren't we all? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the quote is um, compelled to choose between economic survival and risking infection. Workers headed back into unsafe workplaces, and federal data tracked how workers' requests for safety inspectors' help consistently preceded a spike in COVID-related deaths. So you can basically you have a paper trail of people calling on the federal government to please come in and inspect their workplaces that were unsafe, that they felt were not um, suitable to return to work in. And when the federal government did nothing, sent no inspectors, they very shortly thereafter had a spike in covid deaths. These are preventable deaths. These were I mean, as with so many like that can be said of, you know the majority of the deaths that we've had under Mm -hmm. coronavirus but like this is such a very specific trackable like outrageous injustice that these people had to die simply because they had they they had to make money so was this was this part of the um uh employee employer protections um, i believe it was okay because i remember that legislation went through ppp um So Biden is going to undo it. He signed an executive order to uh, alter the the, I believe the way it works is um, the the, uh, yeah. So to modify the government's interpretation of existing laws that says recipients of unemployment benefits cannot continue to collect such benefits if they reject offers of suitable work. So it's all going to hinge on that on that word suitable. And like that really is a word that you have to rethink in the age of the coronavirus, because, you know, in a non pandemic time. Suitable work means basically anything that'll pay you without killing you. Um, but now, like most things that will pay you can kill you if you're poor. And mm-hmm. those are the jobs mm-hmm. that you have access to. Um, so. This, of course, doesn't apply to gig workers. It's only for people. It's only for who, employees. So yeah. like nothing, nothing that uh, like, no, the gig workers don't have basically any protection under any law, like really whatsoever. Um because they're not employees. And that's how all of our labor law is determined, is is based on the employee-employer status. Wait, so so the whole gig economy thing is just to get around regulations? What? <laughs> Dude, I hadn't even thought about wow. it that way. We're cracking this <laughs> shit Holy wide shit. open. This is some Ironweeds breaking news. Uh, some investigative okay, so, journalism so, happening so here, it's folks. A, so it's a profit thing. <laughs> Right. So, yeah. 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 Sorry. That's just that's just my only dark joke I have for this. That, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. That right. That like. 
Because if you're uh, a gig worker, you don't qualify for health insurance. You don't qualify for unemployment insurance. You don't qualify for any kind of pension, 401k. You don't provide for any work. You don't you, you don't qualify for any worker workers comp. You don't even qualify for like basic minimum wage the same way that other workers do. Like it is just. It's yeah, you're you're a few you're a feudalist. You're you're, a, you know, you're a peasant. You're the equivalent of like the most disenfranchised peasants in Europe before, you know, the introduction of capitalism, which was was supposed to fix feudalism. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we're primed for a revolution. Who knows? Who knows what the future brings? Also, uh, as far as uh, Trumpian moves of executive uh, order, um, Biden uh, got us back in the Paris Climate Accord. We're part of a non-binding resolution to perhaps someday reduce our carbon footprint. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Man, let the good Gotta times say. roll. 2021, <laughs> yeah. we're I'm turning looking, over a new leaf. Look at, looking forward to not even meeting those uh, paltry standards instead of just ignoring that document completely. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Hell definitely yeah. a step up. Hell yeah. Well, out, out with I the old, really... in with the old. <laughs> I do really hope that this move actually forces employers to provide their workers some some basic standard of protections. Like, I think that's the best yeah. that we can. And or if not, then it keeps a few more people on the dole for a little bit longer. So, um, you know, they need to re-extend unemployment benefits. They need to send us our fucking money. Send us back money. Send us future money. Send us all the money. Print a bunch of money. Give it to people. Uh, and so, you know, this is an okay first step. It's yeah. a glimmer of hope. As far as day one actions, you know, like I would, I would love to see a uh, full th- uh, uh, throated support for Medicare for all, um, but we know we're not going to see that. Never gonna, so, yeah. That's so, never going to see that from Biden, but you know, yeah. I like, I just, I like, okay. It's, you know, like this is obviously like a tangible good thing but like i just i guess i just don't understand what the um like why don't you just take i mean it's because they're democrats but like you just like take the slam dunk right in front of you of like day one here's two thousand dollars for everybody <laughs> well they are doing two thousand dollars fourteen hundred plus six hundred well the executive right, branch right. can't just do that the executive branch can't branch can't just issue money to the to the american people that has to be legislation Watch him. <laughs> you know, this is how we got Hitler, Hitler, David. Is that what you want? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't believe me. Yeah. Just watch, it's, Jack. <laughs> I, 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 right? It's just like I, you can just like, or just like make it the thing, right? It's like they they won Georgia on this, or like the, there were like Warnock ads that said yeah. like vote Warnock, get two thousand yeah. dollars. Like they fucking said that, yeah. and it worked. Because people want money. Yeah. Well, but Joe Biden can't <laughs> do that, said, babe. Like, all yeah. he can do is I, I, promise that Congress will do but it. He, but he can say, like, two th- okay, I'm signing all these ex- executive orders, but, like, here's $2,000. We're giving you $2,000. I'm telling Congress to give you $2,000. And just say that over and over and over yeah. again. And, they, and that, even that would be a slam he dunk. He is busy saying we it. can't <laughs> change the trajectory of the virus. That's what he is saying, David. That's some wild shit. 
I know. I, I, I love how he was like, he was like the entire uh, campaign. He's like, listen, we got to turn this thing around. Day one, we're going to take a new stance. We're going to reverse the trajectory of this virus. We're going to like, you know, uh, like put in the protections that people need. We're going to test more. We're going to get PPE rolled out. We're going to like, you know, do all this stuff. And then as soon as he's elected, he's like, listen, listen, guys, like, this is going to take years to, to change the trajectory. We can't just we can't just change the trajectory on the coronavirus. It just it won't it won't do. It won't do. Everyone's well, been pointing thing. out like, like sorry. that is factually correct. Like there's only like the virus is it is a it is a force of nature. Like there's only oh, so yeah. much you can do. Yeah, but it's just the worst fucking rhetoric. Like, dude. <laughs> You have degrees and shit. Did you not like think for two seconds that that was not the right thing to say? Well, also, it, it's not true in the sense that like they could actually do a, a, a what third, fourth, whatever. How many shutdowns have we had? A real shutdown. Like, you know, at, like yeah. actually pay people to stay home. Actually, like if they did that for, say, I don't know, 14 days. It would like drastically reduce the new infection there too, spread. There are too many moderates. To, there are too many moderate Democrats yeah. in the Senate for them yeah. to do that. They would never. I know. They would sucks. never pass a federal shutdown ever. Yeah, I'm just saying that yeah. that it fucking sucks. that you can actually do something about it, whether or yeah, not like we yeah. we have the political will uh, to do that on a large enough scale to make a significant difference. Um, I'm, you know, also, I'm actually not sure if the federal government can issue that for all 50 states. I think you need martial law for that because like the states have the power to determine those things. Yeah, it's a good thing a bunch of syphilitic slave owners came up with this perfect system. <laughs> I'm so glad we we just live with this system as like some sort of holy document that we can't change unless unless we convince uh you know like Joe Manchin that it will enrich him. He's probably uh, going to become right? a Republican. Way. Uh, I'm taking bets. Yeah. Like he's probably going to yeah. switch parties. Well, 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 I well, I, I would say no only because, like, do you want to be, like, the most important Democrat or the least important Republican, mm. right? Because if he switched parties, mm. then the then the whole, then, then the, the Republicans get, uh, you know, the, um, the majority yeah, again. Yeah, you're right. And it then seems, he's just another fucking it's Republican. It's more likely yeah. that he but won't here, formally switch parties. He will just start voting with the Republicans on the most important yeah. pieces of legislation. Yeah, yeah. like Joe right. Lieberman. Like Joe fucking Lieberman. <sighs> Yeah, but this is a wildflower, and it's cool hey, that hey. Uh, you know that now workers have more protections because we fucking demanded it, and we got we got our first concession at Joe Biden. That's how I'm looking at it. Is we yeah. got our first. I think between this and Joe the Biden. XL Keystone yeah. Pipeline, I think yeah. that yeah. these are you know, I, and he also said this thing about getting out of Yemen and kind of talking tough about Saudi Arabia. I don't know where that's actually going to go, so that's why I didn't even include it in the outline for the show, but um. You know, I don't know how many of these are genuine policy proposals that can give us a sense of where this administration will go or how mm. many of them are just throwing bones to the left and, you know, the progressive wing of the party. That's pretty, yeah. you know, yeah. feeling much like Grumpy Bernie in his uh, in his, um, you know, $60 overcoat. Sexist mittens. Yeah, with his sexist mittens. <laughs> um, I don't know. The fact we'll that, the fact that Bernie was the only successful meme from the inauguration in my opinion, speaks. Did you not um, see Kamala numbers. with the lightsaber? I'm guessing. Oh, you didn't like see about that? to kill the young ones. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a, that was a that was a retake on the meme, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like people people fucking love Bernie, man. People you know, love and Bernie. More, and, more Pe- and people that, they, hate they, Bernie. They, yeah. He is yeah. also very much hated. <laughs> like 
intensely hate the hatred people have for this cranky old man is like unparalleled yeah it's kind of it's like a rorschach test i think bernie's very much a rorschach test you know like what you see in him says more about you than it does about him Mm. yeah you're either anti-semitic or not Mm. oh spicy take number two from david (laughs) banks i think i'm at like four yeah are you at four I haven't been keeping track. I'll know. I'll know when I do the editing yeah. how many how okay. many spicy takes you had. A couple of your spicy takes were not, were off mic, so and we won't share those with the listening uh, audience because okay. we can't yeah, be getting yeah, hashtag canceled. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 don't tell them about my. Oh, I can't think of a good one. Never mind. <laughs> All right. I won't tell them about your virulently uh, racist jokes about. Um, let's see. What's a good. What's a good racial minority? <laughs> yeah, this can't end good anywhere. Yeah, Tunisians. No, so, so much. Tunisians. Yeah. You're, ooh, that's a good yes. one, Chris. That's what? a good one. Tunisians. Tuni- yeah. I have, bunch of, I have bunch strong of tuna opinions eaters. about Tunisians. Uh, yeah. Actually, you know, this is I, something I say, I say to my students a lot to um, kind of get their minds uh, freed up about like uh, race and uh, um uh, is uh, is that like there are racisms that you don't even know about? It's like just to, like get them to think about like how race is a social construct. Yeah. Is like there are ways to be racist that you've never even heard yeah. of, man. Yeah, and like and like so and the fact that you would have to learn how to be that racist in that particular <laughs> way it's yeah. not means that. <laughs> yeah, show, yeah, shows that like you you learn this stuff. Like this there is, are white supremacists and, and who that, hate Italians and Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> which which also requires the, the the part that really blows our mind is like then you have to learn how to identify those people right as greeks for example yeah. you have to learn to well they're swarthy. identify a greek person before you can hate them they're swarthy and, so, and they eat pitas so that's really yeah, all that's, you need uh, to know yeah yeah olive eaters <laughs> uh, you know uh, right and so it goes to show right you know it's all it's it's learned and socially constructed yeah um true indeed. so uh you can you tell us who you're racist against uh <laughs> no, on social don't, media don't, do DM us on Twitter. <laughs> don't, don't tell us uh, uh seriously thank uh, you so much for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed it um i'm gonna be on mandatory ot this week so oh if fuck you, yeah um mandatory ot affiliated with the west virginia iww and we're gonna be talking about fascism it's gonna be yeah. just a ton of fun you know we're talking about fascism uh, I can't wait. Historically and and modern, uh, you know the 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 remix. Um, <laughs> so yeah, mandatory OT is the podcast. I don't know when it's going to be released. Uh, the I'm talking to them on Tuesday, so I assume sometime. Well, certainly sometime after Tuesday. I just don't know when after Tuesday. But I'll tweet it out. We'll tweet it from the Ironweeds account. Um, Which is and uh, yeah, where where is our Twitter account? It is at Ironweeds Pod. Very nice, very nice. And what about, are we on Instagram? I feel like I remember us being on Instagram. We, we are, we are, yeah, at Ironweeds Pod. And let's see, how can they get in touch with us? Uh, well, it's going to be P.O. Box uh, 3579. 42069. 42069 uh, on Get High Lane. No, I'm just kidding. You can uh, shoot us an email at Ironweeds Pod. At G- Thank you so much. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace.